Welcome to Success Hackers, Cracking the Entrepreneurial Code, the podcast that's focused on empowering entrepreneurs to find the edge and take their business to a whole nother level. We're peeking behind the curtain to learn entrepreneurial shortcuts and success strategies from the most successful entrepreneurs on the planet. Get ready for mind-blowing entrepreneurial tips with your host, high-performance business coach, keynote speaker, and author, Scott Hansen. Showtime in three, two, one. Welcome to another episode of Success Hackers. This is Scott Hansen, high-performance business strategist, best-selling author, speaker, and of course, podcast host right here on Success Hackers. It's on Success Hackers that we are all about empowering you our entrepreneurial audience to help you take your business to entirely new heights. We do that by interviewing some of the most talented and successful entrepreneurs on the planet. For all you loyal Hacker Nation listeners, you know I love you guys. Thank you so much for continuing to listen to the show, spreading the word, telling your friends about Success Hackers. Newsflash, newsflash, we are now just got picked up by iHeartRadio, which is 3.5 million listeners a day, not to mention, of course, the traditional ways you're probably listening to the podcast, which is SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, etc., etc. So the, the show continues to grow, and that's only because of one reason, because you guys are so freaking amazing and keep spreading the show, keep spreading the word about the show. So again, thank you so much for continuing to do that. And also, don't forget, if you ever want to ask a question, if you want me to ask a question or bring up something to our esteemed guests, all you have to do is email me at info at successhackers.net. That's info at successhackers.net. If you email me with a question, I will also mention you and your business on the next show. Hacker Nation, let's get down to business. We're about to chat with someone who is a globally recognized authority on so many different topics, has written so many different books. I mean, the guy is even in the Hall of Fame, for God's sakes. I am so excited to have Mr. Scott McCain on the program. Scott, are you ready to rock? Scott, with a great name like you have, how could I not be ready to rock it today? Let's let's do it. Scott McCain is a globally recognized authority on how organizations and professionals create distinction to attract and retain customers. The first edition of his book, Create Distinction, What to Do When Great Isn't Good Enough to Grow Your Business, was named by 30 major newspapers as one of the 10 best business books of the year. His expertise has been quoted multiple times in the USA Today, the New York Times, Wall Street Journal, and International Herald Tribune. With a client list that represents the world's most distinguished companies and distinctive companies like Apple, SAP, Merrill Lynch, BMW, Cisco, CDW, Fidelity, John Deere, and tons and tons more, Scott McCain was honored with the induction along with Zig Ziglar, Seth Godin, Dale Carnegie, and just 20 more in the Sales and Marketing Hall of Fame. Scott McCain, welcome to Success Hackers. Man, it's great to have you on the show. Hey, Scott, I'm, I'm grateful for the invitation. I'm excited to be here. This, oh. You've had a bunch of my pals on, and, and I listen to the podcast, so I'm really excited to be your guest. Thanks I'll for having me. i tell you what, I was out of breath but just by saying that bio. That's, that's, a <laughs> hell of, that's, that's a hell of a bio. Well, let's not forget, I did read something that, so you're in two Hall of Fames, and hold on, hold on, wait for it, you have a street named after you. <laughs> yeah, we we haven't had the ceremony yet, they're going to do it uh, uh, soon, but yeah, the uh, the, the uh, 
town board and the, the community government in my hometown is uh, renaming the main street through my my small community where I grew up as Scott McCain Way. So uh, wow. I, I I don't I wondered what would happen if I'd be caught speeding on it. You know, <laughs> <laughs> if I get a free pass to go fast on Scott McCain Way, I don't know. But it, you know, of all the things that's happened, that's the one that just is so humbling and amazing because you know we always hear about people in your hometown never appreciate yeah. or you can't go home again or those kinds of things. So to have the folks in my hometown. Uh, do that for me is just just beyond description. I'm 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 so grateful. Well, on behalf of all the Hacker Nation listeners, congrats on the Thank Hall you. of Fame and the street name after you. So now all everybody's listening, going, "Oh my God, who the hell is this guy?" So yeah, tell, right. <laughs> tell everybody what you do exactly and a little bit more about who you serve. Well, you mentioned some of the clients I've been fortunate yeah. enough to have over the years, and and the client list is everyone from you know these behemoth corporations that are that are global giants. To smaller businesses, because the fundamental question that I look at is, what does it take to stand out in your marketplace? How do you get to the point that you're attracting customers, that you don't just have to pursue them, but you, you can attract them because you're so unique and so distinctive in your market? And I started studying all of this because of a very personal reason for my own business, but I realized that every business needed to know it. Customers don't pick us. They pick us instead of all of the other options that are out there in the marketplace. So to be successful in our professional lives and in our personal lives, I think we have to exploit our own uniqueness to, to work on what makes us different and and to create distinction that is ethical, but yet at the same time remarkable and attracts customers to want to be around us. Yeah, we're definitely going to go into this um, during the interview because I know a lot of people are are obviously listening as entrepreneurs of people that want to play big in their business and creating distinction and standing out from everybody else's, we call it dominating, right, their marketplace. Um, sounds great, dominating, creating distinction, all really sexy, powerful words, but when it comes down to it, um, I want to ask you here in a minute how you do that. But before I do, you, you in your book, you talk about four cornerstones of distinction, what is that, and what must a company do in order to build that into their DNA? Sure, Scott. As I've been researching this over many years, it, it occurred to me through this research that some of the steps weren't exactly what I assumed they were when I started. And so I found with distinctive professionals and distinctive organizations, there were four basic cornerstones, and, and groups and individuals of, of distinction tended to do these in this particular order. So the four are clarity. You've got to get clear first. You've got to be absolutely precise about what you are and what you are not. And amazingly, I think this is the single point where so many get off the track. We want to be all things to all people right. or we want to, you know, oh, I'll, I'll do that too. But you, you can't differentiate a generic. You can only differentiate what you can define. And so if you can't define it precisely, then you can't create distinction around it. So all distinction begins with a laser-focused clarity. Once you have that clarity, then you go to the second cornerstone, and that's creativity. And this was the one, Scott, that kind of threw me when I was researching it, because we've heard so much about think outside the box and all those kinds of things, that I assumed you know, clar creativity was going to be the first one, right? I would get creative. That's what was going to make you stand out. But in fact, it's exactly the opposite. You begin with clarity, and you define the boundaries and where you are, and then you get creative within that. 
I, I went to Nashville and interviewed a bunch of songwriters because their very livelihood depends upon being creative every day, right? They have right. To, if they don't write any songs, they don't get paid. Right. And every songwriter to a person said, you begin with clarity. Are you writing an up-tempo song or a ballad? Is it going to be a rock, pop, or country song? Mm-hmm. Is it going to be sung by a male, female, or a group? You got to get clear on who, what, what kind of song you're writing and who you're writing it for before you get creative. That's what we have to do in business. Now, the, the interesting thing I found through the research is if we can be creative at one point, the marketplace presumes that we are an innovative organization. The, the quick example. In the rental car business, the Ford I get from Hertz is identical to the Ford that I get from Avis. There's zero product vari- variation. So the Taylor family a few years back starting a rental car business thinks, well, how do we get creative when the product is exactly the same? They put a list on the wall, and you can see the entire list in the book. There are 13 points of contact that they figured out they had with customers. They picked one of those 13 points and got creative. They flipped it upside down, and the Taylor family, who to this day still owns that that rental car company called Enterprise Rental Car, the Ford is the same. The difference is they pick you up. They said, what if we bring the car to the customer rather than making the customer come and get the car? Being creative at one thing, and, and enterprise is now bigger than Hertz, bigger than Avis. They're, they're the big gorilla in that business. And so what we have to understand is if we get creative at one point, it makes all the difference. Third is communication. Are we communicating with customers in a way that they desire? I have a lot of clients that now are asking their customers, how would you like us to communicate with you? Do you want a phone call? Do you want a personal visit? Do you want a text first? Do you want an email? And they're communicating with customers in the way that the customer has defined that is the optimal way to be in touch with them. But the second thing is we have to create narrative. We have to create story because that is the one communication tool that transcends all of the generational differences that are now in the marketplace. Whether you're a baby boomer or a millennial, you still respond to a powerful and compelling story. The fourth and final is a customer experience focus. Now, that's not a customer focus or a customer service focus. It focuses on the experience How does it make the customer feel to do business with you? Whether we're talking about external customers or internal customers in our, in our own organizations, how do people feel about doing business with you? And that works for all businesses. Harvard recently said the fundamental change between B2B and B2C is that B2B is becoming more like B2C in, in business to business selling and, and, and work. We're desiring more of that experience that that personal connection and if we if we forget that then we fail to transcend transaction and and that becomes an important challenge for us so if you put those four together clarity then getting creative then communicating through the power of story and and focusing on a customer experience if we do those four things and execute them well then we will stand out from the competition in in everything that we do i absolutely love it i mean we could probably end the show right here I mean, there's so much golden nuggets in, in, in that detail of what that story you just shared with the four cornerstones. I mean, it literally, if we were to just pause this right now and it would be well worth our time together because Hacker Nation, man, I hope you guys are taking notes because what Scott just shared is such a pivotal, monumental philosophy about the entire process. And Scott, one of the things you talked about is communication. And I think where a lot of business owners and leaders Maybe where they get hung up is they think that, well, I can't ask the customer how we should do our work. It should be just the other way around. We should be 
one entity, they're another entity, they buy what we sell, and yes, we service them, And but that's how we've always done it, that's how we will always do it. But what you're saying is, take it a step further, and actually reach out to your current customers and say, how would you like us to actually deliver the content, or even one step further, how would you like to be serviced, whether that's like you mentioned, emails, phone calls, in person, etc., why do you think that's such a huge distinction? When someone communicates with me in the way that I desire them to, it also infers or it implies, and I infer that they they know me, right? I mean, they they know me. If they communicate the way that I desire, you have my buddy Tony Alessandro on mm-hmm. a while back right. uh, on on one of your shows, Scott, and and Tony's so well known for the platinum rule, which is a, a little bit of a takeoff on the golden rule. But Tony's platinum rule is. Do unto others the way they want to be done unto. <laughs> I right. love that line. It says, it says what most businesses do is we say through our actions to customers, you know, we're going to treat you the way that we want to be treated. But what if they don't want to be treated the way you want to be treated? Mm. And, and so it's, it's customizing what we do and how we communicate with them and how we deal with them based upon their desire. And at the end of the day, so much of this is so easy to program into whatever system that we have. I, I use a little, you know, system on my iPhone that helps me remember that. It's very easy to do. But as Jim Rohn said many years ago, that which is easy to do is also easy not to do. Right? <laughs> that's <true. laughs> so, and that's part of the problem. It's so easy to do that we just don't do it. And creating this kinds, the kind of distinction that will really make a difference for you in your business is going to be based upon doing these things that make such an important difference for customers. As you know, you've alluded to some of the individuals uh, that have been past guests. We've had a lot of super successful leaders and CEOs and business owners here on the show. And the ones that really have had the most success leading their companies have had personal, professional growth type training, leadership training, things that we're talking about right here. There's a CEO business owner listening right now that maybe they have a team of three or they have a team of 33. What can they do in order to start creating maybe a culture of buy-in and maybe a team of high performers? What's maybe just one thing that I want to put you on the spot right now, Scott, to say, hey, he's out there listening right now and they're waving their hand saying, you know what, man, I, I want to, I want to develop that high performance training or I want to develop this team that's just crushing it. They like coming to work every day. What's one thing? It starts with that clarity point, and it's really been interesting, Scott. I, for example, one financial institution that I worked with, and they're the seventh biggest financial institution in the United States, and the CEO, it, it started there, and he told me later this was the single most difficult thing that he ever did as a leader was to focus on the clarity piece Yeah. because everybody had a different idea. There was one group I was doing consulting for, and the CEO of the group said, okay, we're going to meet with my 12 top people. But he said, we don't have to spend much time on that clarity part because everybody's clear. I said, so if I ask everyone to write down, you know, write down a sentence that tells me, describes your business to me, they would all write down about the same thing. He said, absolutely. So I took him up on it. Hmm. And out of the 12 people, we had nine different answers. <laughs> right? So wow. you may think your team is clear. You may think you are clear. But my experience in researching this says you might not be as far down that pathway as you think. Mm. So I ask groups to create a high concept. High concept is a Hollywood term. Hollywood realized that people wouldn't sit and listen to a long, drawn-out plot as a way to describe a new movie to you to get you to come see the movie. But you will listen for six seconds to a high concept. So if I say, bomb on a bus that has to go 50 miles an hour, it will explode. You know I'm talking about the movie Speed, even though it's 20 years old. Right. Shark attacks. You know exactly what I'm talking 
snakes on a plane. <laughs> the movie is about <laughs> snakes on a plane. Right? But if I say uh, your pizza in 30 minutes, you know I'm talking about Domino's, That's even right. though they haven't used that phrase for about 15 years now. Yeah. What's your high concept? When, when someone says to you, what do you do? How do you answer that in six seconds that's clear about what you are? Because it's also going to imply what you won't do. You can't be all things to all. You can't differentiate a generic. I was talking to one financial advisor doing some work in, for a great big financial services firm, and she told me that she only works with people in the sport of polo. Hmm. If you are not involved in polo, she won't work with you. She's one of the most profitable of all the financial advisors that I've ever met. Why? Because if you like polo and then you finally buy a pony and you get into the sport, what's one of the first things the people on the inside are going to say to you? Hey, you need to talk to her. She manages all of our money. She knows us. She's really great. Right? So the more that you can define what you're doing, when I stop, Scott, I learned this the hard way in my own business. It used to be, you know, if people would say, uh, what do you talk about? I'd say, uh, about an hour. <laughs> what do you want me to talk about? Stress management? Yeah, it's stressing me out to do this speech. I'll learn how. I, as long as you had a check, I would be there to talk. And then I realized you, you can't reach the top being all things to all people. And it wasn't until I started, and, and that's how this whole distinction thing came about. I had to learn. I'd been through a personal tragedy, and I had to learn. I had to rebuild my business I had to learn what it would take to stand out. And through that process, as my business was growing, I, I, the blinding flash of the obvious, if I needed this, maybe some other businesses and entrepreneurs and people would need this as well. So that's how it all got started. And it wasn't until I was clear, what do you speak about? I speak about how do you stand out in the marketplace? How do you create distinction? When someone says to me, what do you do? It's very easy for me to answer that question. And so that's where I'm going to suggest, Scott, that everybody begin. Create that clarity statement. Create that high concept statement. Be absolutely precise about what you do and what you won't do because what you're willing to say, the, the power is in the ability to say no. That's where, right? I mean, look, the Olympics concluding here not long ago, obviously Michael Phelps just dominated in swimming, but he wasn't out on the track, too. Right. And he wasn't out trying to win a gold in the golf course, too. Right. He, he was very focused on the one thing that he does better than anybody else in the world and that's where distinction began you know it's so interesting that you say that we spent this much time on clarity i agree with you wholeheartedly whether you have a team of one or a lot of people through my coaching um, i coach business owners and high performers and one of the things that we first work on is exactly what we're talking about it's the hardest part we are so ingrained to want to service everybody and be all things to everyone and I think the sports analogy makes the, duh, that makes sense. Of course, Michael Phelps isn't going to try to play basketball. But I love the distinction because if you were to transfer that over to business, same thing. If you're a business owner, you cannot help everybody in everything that they do. The old saying is the riches are in the niches. Yeah. And if you can dominate one area of your marketplace, then obviously you're going to be like, like the financial planner that only works with polo players you're going to dominate and be known in that space. And then over time, I hear this from all kinds of people, over time, if you develop that one niche and you dominate that niche, over time, is it true to Scott that you can also, if you choose to, if you choose to, you can go into maybe another direction and spread out a little bit, but don't spread out and don't chase the shiny object syndrome or chase the shiny object until you once dominate one area. 
I, I couldn't agree with you more, Scott. I think I think you are exactly right on that. Let me give you a quick example again from the financial field. I was on a program a while back, and and the financial advisor came up, and he'd read the book, and he was following it, and he said he was almost ready to write me and tell me I was wrong until some cool things happened. And he decided to focus on people that were involved in sailing. His practice is in the Newport area in, in Rhode Island, and so he was focusing on on that, people interested in that, because that's what he loved and that's what he knew. Now, notice, he, he didn't just know financial advice and, and the financial marketplaces. He also knows everything that comes to play in terms of sailing. That's why mm. he was able to converse with those folks. Well, he showed me some slides and, you know, here was his business and he was having trouble at the very beginning, but then it, it, he ramped up like you couldn't believe because the first couple clients really appreciated his specialization and his knowledge. And so they recommended him to other clients who in turn recommended him to other clients. Yeah. And he said, now I am not free to, you know, share the names of some of these folks with you. That'd be confidential, but you know, I can show you this picture. And in the picture, there he was with one of his clients who, well, let's just say they were sailing away again to Margaritaville. <laughs> <laughs> Looking for a lost shaker of salt? He said, do you think he would have done business with me if wow. I was just a generic advisor? It's because wow. he knew I loved something he was passionate about, too, right? And so it, it's exactly what you're saying, Scott. It, now he can bridge out, right? I right. mean, if, if that person would happen to recommend him to a distant cousin named Warren, <laughs> <laughs> right? I, I don't think he turned down that business, but... That one, we have to have our flag in the ground first. Yeah. Apple has become a cliche. People talk about him so much. But if we didn't love the Mac, it would have been a whole lot harder to buy the, the iPhone and right. the iPod when it first came out. And now there are people that, that look for any product that Apple comes out with, but it began with doing the first thing. If the Mac would have been junk when Steve Jobs came back and took it over, then why would we want more junk? Absolutely love it. All right, let's switch gears. We have a segment on the show, Scott, called the Fail Forward Stage. So can you get vulnerable with us for a minute? Let's do it. You bet. I believe that all high performers and successful individuals look at failure a little bit differently than most people. They actually use what I call failure as their feedback and course correction. Take us to a time when you failed and you really almost wanted to give up. And a lot of people say, well, Scott, I failed a lot, which I'm sure, like most entrepreneurs on the show, maybe you did. But just that one moment, that one time where you literally almost wanted to give up, but you use that as fuel to your success fire, Scott. You know, Scott, you asked me earlier about how this happened, and, and it relates back to that. Um, I, I had some challenges in my business for a, for a couple of reasons, but one of which was uh, my first wife, uh, Sherry, was dealing with terminal ovarian cancer. And I had to get off the road and, and be the caregiver was the exact right thing for my life and the right decision to make. But it also meant that my business was you know, on, on life support as well. After Sherry's passing, I, I couldn't get booked. I'd been out of the loop for a while. I was really struggling. I was really having trouble in the business. And I, man, I'm telling you what, I thought, well, gosh, maybe I need to go back and get a, you know, a quote unquote real job yeah. and a re regular paycheck, you know, and, but I, I, I love what I do so much, and so I, 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 that's how the whole thing started with distinction. I, I was ready to quit. And part of the reason I was ready to quit was because not only was I emotionally down because of the personal tragedy, but I, I was so generic. I didn't think I was making any kind of mark on the world. I, 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 I could go give a good speech. You know, People like to talk, 
but it wasn't something that made a difference. So I started thinking, how, I've got to figure out how I can stand out in the marketplace so that people would choose me because I could make a difference. And that's how I started studying distinction. I, I went to speakers bureaus, which, as, as you know, Scott, they represent you to their clients mm-hmm. as well, much, much like travel agents used to represent airlines to, to their clients. And I asked them, you know, what do you say when you recommend me? What, what do you use to sell me? And almost to a person, they said, oh, we say Scott McCain, he's a really good speaker and a nice guy. Hmm. Now, don't get me wrong. I, I want to be a really good speaker, yeah. and I choose to be a nice guy. That's a choice. But I couldn't imagine the vice president of Ford sitting in his office saying, you know who we need to speak at this year's convention? Let's go get a really nice guy. Right? You want someone who can teach us how to choose Ford instead yeah. of right. Chevrolet or someone who can teach us how to sell more or serve better in our service departments, who, who provides this incredible value to us. And that's how everything got started. Had I not hit the bottom, I, I wonder, I, I hope I wouldn't have accepted a, a mediocre career, a good career, but not a great career. But being in, in that situation was really the, the impetus that drove me to try to be more and to do more and to succeed. What kind of a time frame were we talking about when you kind of hit your rock bottom and then to the point where you started to figure out the distinction play and then the differentiator and have a couple conversations with these speakers bureaus to the point where you felt like you were back on top of the game? Gosh, you know, the funny thing is, Scott, it's still growing. Um, So I I don't want to say on top, you know, because I, I still see it growing, but uh, it, it it certainly took three to four years. Wow, me. that yeah. is absolutely amazing, Hacker Nation, man! I, you, you want vulnerability? This is why I love what I do because Scott McCain, two-time Hall of Famer, got a street name after him. You know, super successful guy. As you can tell he's just a little bit passionate about what he does, and super nice guy, and really clear about who he serves and what he does, and. Here he, as he comes on Success Hackers and gets deep with us. And Hacker Nation, again, man, I if you're going through your stuff right now, I really hope you listen to this and then listen to it again and then listen to it again because this is a guy that literally is is arguably, he won't say this, but on top of the game, on top near the top of the mountain, for God's sakes. And he went through three to four years, not three to four months, three to four years of heartache and probably, you know, who knows some what other stuff that was going on in your life and the loss of his amazing wife and all those things. And he had to pull his bootstraps up and say, let's go get this done, but we got to tweak this thing. So thank you for sharing that, Scott. And uh, you thank bet. you for sharing it with our listeners because it's going to give a lot of people, I think, that might be listening right now, the courage and the permission to keep moving forward. That means the world to me, Scott. I'm... I, I... I'm starting to talk about this in every speech now that I give, just so you know, because, you know, I'd sit in an audience and I'd hear a speaker and I'd think, oh, man, that's great for them. But they've never had to deal with what I've had to deal with. Yeah. Right. I mean, I'm dealing with all these financial challenges because of the healthcare situation and the economy and everything else and, and all these things. And it, it occurred to me that, gosh, when I'm on stage, that's the that's the best I am. You know, yeah. That's, yeah. <laughs> and I. I realize that I love your point, Scott, about vulnerability because that was another thing that really helped me connect with audiences is when you drop the guard and you say, man, I I have had some really hard things. And it's Helen Keller said the world is full of trouble, but the world is also filled with the overcoming of it. 
Yeah, that's right. And, and it's, that's, that's what we have to do is just keep on keeping on. Back to you, Hacker Nation. Man, if you're going through your stuff, I know I've been there. Trust me. And I know Scott's been there and we've all been there in our own way, but you got to keep going forward. You got to keep putting your foot on the gas because one day your story will be told, whether it's on a podcast, on the stage, in a, in a boardroom meeting, whatever it is, your story, the stuff, the shit that you're going through right now will be your greatest asset. All right, Scott, we are now entering the randomness round. It's kind of like putting you on the success hackers version of the hot seat. All right. Whatever is the first answer that comes to mind, just let it rip. So, Scott McCain, are you ready for the randomness round? Let's go, Scott. This is fun. Best advice you've ever received? Be yourself. What's a daily habit that you do sometime throughout the day that puts you in a great frame of mind? Read something positive or listen to something positive. I'm a big believer in podcasts like yours, Scott. I'm a big believer in listening to positive messages when I'm driving rather than the news. I'm a big believer that you know attitude is like a thermostat. You have to set it every day. When you set that thermostat, then what you do is you maintain the temperature by reading positive material, listening to positive information, and continuing to learn. A day without learning, to me, is a wasted day. You, you have to learn, and you have to grow, and you have to continue to set that attitude over and over and over by what you absorb. You now own a time machine. I want you to travel back in time to when you were 25 years old again. What advice would your current self, knowing about life and business, give your 25-year-old self? Get clear quicker. What's the one trait that you have that's contributed mostly to your success? I hope it's empathy. I mean, I really do care. I Mm -hmm. care about my clients. I care about your listeners right now. I care about the people that I come in contact with. And that caring, it's kind of like the old Zig Ziglar line. You can get anything you want as long as you help enough other people get what they want. What's a hidden talent that you have that most people may not know about you? <laughs> I, I'm a I'm a drummer. I'm a I'm a closet drummer. I have a drum set here. I used to uh, play drums. It's part of how I paved my way through college was playing drums. Uh, I've got some buddies in a country music band that's a Grammy award winning band that have, have mm-hmm. allowed me to set in with them on stage sometimes. So I'm I, not not many people know it, but that's 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 my hidden. If if I wasn't doing this, I'd, I'd probably be playing drums somewhere. What's one book that you've read that's made an impact on your overall business? Gosh, there are so many that, that have really, really impacted me. But, but one that I think really, really stands out is when Tom Peters, it's an old Tom Peters book called In Pursuit of Wow. And mostly because Peters really was changing his perspective when he wrote the book. He, as you know, is the co-author of In Search of Excellence. Mm-hmm. And to him, the big idea was it was no longer going to be about being excellent because that was now the price to play the game, that we all had to be excellent at, at what we do. If you can recommend one social media tool or overall service that you use throughout your business to our Hacker Nation community, what would that be? I, I'm a lover of Edgar. Edgar mm-hmm. has saved my life. Scott, you are now officially off the randomness round hot seat. This has been absolutely incredible. Thank you so much for your time and sharing these incredible stories and success strategies with our Hacker Nation. Where can our listeners find out more about you and your business, Scott? Hey, Scott, you're the best. I appreciate you asking that. It's just Scott McCain. And the last name is spelled a little differently than than that Arizona senator. My last name is spelled M-C-K-A-I-N. So it's Scott, M-C-K-A-I-N.com. Tells you everything. My little podcast that I do is just like a seven-minute message every weekday. It's called Project Distinct. 
So you can find that everywhere. And I'm associated with some of the other folks that you've had as guests, Scott, with uh, Mark Sanborn that I know you know, Joe mm-hmm. Calloway, Larry Wingett, and Randy Pennington. We have a group called The Five Friends. And in November, we're running a business summit. And you can get information there on fivefriendsbusinesssummit.com. Five and spell the word out, F-I-V-E, friendsbusinesssummit.com. We'll tell you all about this great two-day program that we're putting on in Las Vegas for small independent business people. Fantastic. Hacker Nation, make sure to head over to successhackers.net. That's successhackers.net for this episode. Show notes and recap from today's incredible interview with Scott, along with some other really cool brand new resources we have on the site. When you're on the site, don't forget to click subscribe so that you don't miss any of the latest, newest episodes. This is Scott Hansen saying thanks again for listening to another episode of Success Hackers. Until the next show, go on Live With Passion.